too, Talbert. This is a very funny, you know. I'm hungover. My knees are killing me, and if you're going to pull this shit, at least you could have said you were from the Yankees. <laughs> we, we don't call ourselves the Yankees anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's body How you shame. doing? This is Two Shots of Ginger. And uh, I think we're just going to talk about a bunch of different things in sports. Obviously, it is the opening of uh, Major League Baseball. We saw the saw the Cubs when they're opener. Uh, Sal- Salah with started the teams. starting pitching. I'll tell you what, man. He looked great out there. Um, Pitched, um, uh, um, he had eight strikeouts. I I, I don't know. I, 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 I liked what? it. I mean, I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. It, I mean, six innings, okay. But for the first start of the season, six innings, eight strikeouts, only giving up only three hits. I'm... I'll, I'll give him the uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt being in the first start of the season. I'm a little bit, you know, leery of of three walks, but you know, no first ERA start though. Like you know what, he's not earning any runs, and I, yeah, I, that's it's got to be a positive. You know, you know, his, his WHIP was at one. I mean, I. You know what? It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. There's still there's still a young team. I mean, the oldest the oldest guy on the team is what Bellinger. He's like 31. Is that is that right? Uh, I yeah, I think it's I Cody Bellinger. It's got to be yeah, Cody Bellinger. Maybe I mean, Nico Horner. I'm not sure. Ah, uh, you're right. Uh, it was uh, yeah, Nico. Uh, who's the catcher? Uh, uh Jan Gomez is the catcher. Gal Gomez is 34, I think. Yeah, then yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's, he's the oldest. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and, and the rest of the team. Like, no, I mean, he's the rest of the yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, They're all in there. Yeah, they're all they're all pretty young. I mean, they're I mean, and that's and that's what that's holy what mother with heck is going uh, on here. Got a, a lot there to uh, you there talk about in in different areas of sports. Oh my gracious! What in the world is going on here? What what's wrong? I I didn't understand it's a fresh. word that you just said. <laughs> it's, all oh, I heard was you cut out earlier. I was wondering. Oh yeah, I cut out earlier. I thought that was kind of weird too. I, I don't know. We'll check in the but, uh, we'll check in the back of the inning. Um, but I mean, yeah, it was it you know what it was a, it was a solid start. You know, um, for the Cubs, four innings, not not horrible. Um, or I'm sorry, four runs, not horrible. You know, the thing about the Cubs is is they always and and it, this was even during the 2016 um, uh, World Series season. And they, they do this every year. They they have problems getting out of the gate with the bats early on. And you've heard the theory, it's the weather and all that other stuff. But, you know, I mean, let's face they had they had six hits. That's that's not, I mean, six uh, say, hits. I mean, four four runs, though, on, on, on six hits. I mean, that's that's not bad. I mean, Bell, yeah. Bellinger's at the, at the plate right now. I mean, he's, he's you know, he's, he's facing uh, Woodruff. They're they're playing over at home here and they're against Milwaukee. So I mean, in Milwaukee, you know, started out started out the season with the loss. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, well, I'm not, I, you know, and, and the for as far as the rest of Major League goes, we have our first Sunday night game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're, I think at Arlington uh, this Sunday, Philadelphia 
is being hosted by the Rangers. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah. It, you know what? It's it's like I said, it's extremely early. I've I've seen people, you know, oh yeah, Cubs are one and oh, you know, they're sitting on top of the division. It's like it's it's one game. Right, right. Like, I promise you, Milwaukee's not going to be in the middle of the division. Well, it's like the twenty the twenty fifteen season. Like they they went on a stretch. They lost like the first three or four games, and then all of a sudden they won like fifteen straight or something. You know, like sixteen straight, and everyone's like rah rah rah. Well, right. how did they finish the season? You know what I mean? Like so, it is. It's too early in the season. We'll talk about it when it comes. You know, July, and we're ready for the All Star break. Well, I was just, I was shocked to learn, you know, and for those of you, you know, listening to the podcast, you know, when this, when this comes out, uh, and we do talk about, we're going to talk about the Cubs more than anything. And we will touch on everybody else because we're Cubs fans, but I didn't, I was not aware that, um, oh my God, now I can't remember his name. The professor. Um, oh, okay. Starting pitcher. Oh my God. What, uh, Kyle, Kyle Hendricks. Sorry about that. That was weird. Um, Kyle Hendricks. I was not aware that he is no longer on that team. Yeah. It's it, it was shocking to me. I'm like, wow. You know. Well, they, they did a lot of they did a lot of retooling. There's well, that's that's here nor there. Like yeah. they basically had fire sale with the whole team, you know. I'm surprised I'm surprised Ian Happ's still on the team, to be perfectly honest. You know why? Because yeah. he's he's still cheap. Right. He's still no. cheap. And, and you know what? It, but that's, I, you know what? I, I'll be honest with you. I was happy to see them that they actually finally let Wilson Contreras go. And that's not even from just a team standpoint, right? It's from, for the players fact, right? Because I can't stand when they do this in professional sports. They do it all the time. They did it They did it to, uh, to uh, Matt Stafford for how many years, right? Yeah. You get rid of all your talent. They got rid of the Rizzo, the Bryant, the Javi Baez, and – and, you know, John Lester and all that other stuff. And you have a guy like um, Contreras, Wilson Contreras, who is arguably a top-tier catcher in the league, right? Just sitting there rotting on that team that's not going anywhere. Well, and that's the thing is, is you need to – and at the bottom of the uh, – see, so, you know, here's the thing. At the end of the day, everybody has to understand – it doesn't, you shouldn't, I mean, and I love my favorite players and I love my favorite teams, but at the end of the day, it is a business and it's a business that is, there is no love lost. I'm telling you what, man, uh, it's only close in horseshoes and grenades and that can't be farther from the truth when it comes to any major league sport, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, hockey, you know, uh, men's, women's. There is no, there is no love lost. There is no heart. There's guys, you know, when's the last time, when's the last time, and, and other than like, I can t- think of off the top of my head, like your, your Fitzpatrick or, you know, a Roethlisberger or, you know, even a Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, you know, went to a different team for a little bit. People don't realize that, you know, or well, he had, he had ownership in that. So, well, but, but I'm still say Deion Sanders, you know, people are like Deion Sanders played for the Ravens. Yep. Deion Sanders yeah. played for the Ravens, you oh, know, yeah. and at the bottom of the end of the day, it is a money making market and whatever that team has to do to cut 
and get something for the bottom dollar to get them through, they'll do. And the Cubs, honest to God, the Cubs used to be really good about it in the late eighties and the early nineties. You know, um, ownership has, has changed over the years. You know, there used to be, the Cubs would pick up guys like Gagne, Kent Herbeck, you know, Fred McGriff, you know, they yeah. would, they would, I'm surprised they didn't pick up Bo Jackson at some point. You know what I mean? Like they, oh. they would pick up veterans. That you remember when Bo Jackson went to the Sox in the twilight of his career? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the man still had an arm on him from right field. Yeah. It, you know. Yeah. It, it just, it's things like that. You know, speaking of Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson, one of the only players to be drafted three times in the MLB. A lot of people don't yep. know that fact. Um, but do you know why? Well, yeah, because he was he, the first two times he didn't want to go play for that team. Yeah, I know why. So, I, which was which is really odd. Which is really odd because back then, back then, one of those two first teams was better than the Royals, and then and then he was like, eh, "The Royals, okay, like." <laughs> <laughs> Like the Royals, right? Yeah. Right, like, but you know, and there again, you know, in, in the time in the time that we grew up, you know, the Royals, the Royals had pitching. They had Saberhagen. They had Quisenberry. Oh yeah. You know, I think I think Necro was on the team for a stint as as a, a mid reliever. Uh, they they had a solid they had a solid third baseman and, and, and George, George Brett. Brett yeah yeah you know what I mean like they their infield was decent I think back then they they might have had they might have had Spike Owen on the team you know I mean oh, they geez. were yeah I mean they were they were a solid team and it, those guys those guys in the eighties you know they're just built different they're just built different you know like I've I've always said it's. That's why there's like to me there's no talent back in the day was a far more superior, right? And I don't, I and I still see guys out here arguing about about basketball, and it, it I'll tell you, man, it it grinds my gears, it fucking irks me. It's I you know what really pound, grinds my gears. <laughs> it does, like you know, if you if you want to get down to it, let's compare people. Like we're going to break down the stats. Let's go like this. Let's go minute for minute, game for game, their average versus the next guy. Because it's not going to stand up. You know these guys. These guys were playing 152 games, 162 games in Major League Baseball. These basketball players were playing 82 games, nine straight seasons. Michael Jordan. Yep. We had guys that were playing 80 games in hockey. Like, come on, man. Well, see, like, and that's what I wanted to, uh, what I was trying to touch on earlier, right? It it always aggravates me. Now, okay, prime example with the Cubs, right? <clears throat> and opening day. Now you have you have your starter that is out there and is just slaying it, right? Gave up three hits in six innings. I I, I don't recall offhand what his pitch count was. Why are you pulling him? Like I remember, you know, like back in the day, it used to be like, if you got three hits after six innings of work, could you imagine you're staying out there? Could you imagine it's it's eighteen, eighteen eighty seven, and eighteen eighty seven? I think you mean and Robert Robert and uh, good old Robert Spalding of the Chicago Cubs is like, hey, 
he threw six innings. We're gonna pull him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That, that you didn't you didn't do that. No. No. They didn't do that, that back guy, in the day. That guy pitched. That's why those guys were winning thirty games. Well, that's, that's why Cy Young has an award named after him. That's like you okay. Know? I don't. I don't know. I don't know enough about Stroman as a pitcher. I don't. I'd be honest with you. I don't know anybody on his pitching staff. Um, on the on, the, on your starting rotation, but it's. It seems to me like the, these guys, the reason why they're getting pulled after six innings of work, uh, six innings of work, and only giving up three hits, is because they are working their butt, they're working their shoulder, they're working their elbow, and everything so much to get the the miles per hour up, to get the movement on the off speed shit going. To where they just, you can't, it's not sustainable for seven, eight innings, you know, all the time. Like, I remember when complete games and no hitters were like, you'd have like one a week back in the day. And now it's like, you're lucky to have two or three a season. Right. And uh, and, and better than that, used to, uh, guys would lead the league complete games with like 10, 12, 15. Even I remember one year somebody had 20. Yeah. I was like. That's, I'm like, damn, you know, and now they're, they're applauding the guy who completes a game. If he gets like three or four in a season. Oh yeah. You know, and, and it's almost unheard of, but you know, what's funny is, is they still play that way in Japan. They still play that way in Japan. So something tells me is that it has to do with the MLPA. It has to. Yeah, the Players Association. It, it has, has to, to do with the. It has to. It has to be. So you the know, and a lot of, a lot of, well, they can only pitch so many innings. You know, and a lot or, of, right? And a lot of people don't know this, but there is a players' association and a players' union for every major sport or entertainment industry that covers everybody, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, mm-hmm. soccer, whatever have you, hockey, and it's no different than. Your union, if you're a, a blue-collar worker and you're a, a pipe fitter or an electrician, you know, they have a contract, blah, 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 stipulates this, hours worked, hours off. And that's where the pitching has really come to, is is you can only pitch so much, you got to have this in the rotation, you right. have so many pitch counts. And then, you know, and the other thing is, is you got guys that'll sit there and they'll, they'll go into arbitration because, hey – this is over what I'm doing. I want my money, you know, and they're not, they're not getting that. And and like I said, again, at the end of the day, it's a business. They're making it. This is how they make their living. Now, do I think that they make too much money in an astronomical amount of it? Yes, absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't, you know, me personally, I've always thought that nobody should ever make more than the president of the United States, but then nobody no, who would play, depends, who would play it these it sports. Dep- it depends on who the president is. Okay. No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, that's okay. No comment. We're not doing this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Go, go, go talk to me about the commissioner of the NFL. Go well, talk that's, to, you know, you know and, what? And how, his, how is it? His extension, how his extension was half a billion dollars. Right. That's, you know what? And that's the thing that cracks me up. And it's like, it's oh, almost like way, they're creating. It's a nonprofit organization, right? Nah. Oh bullshit! Yeah, bullshit, nonprofit. And it, and they changed when he took over. When he took over, he redrafted the NFL and its players 
as an entertainment business when it used to be the NFL as an association. So, now, you can say what you want on that. You can, conspiracy theories and all that jazz. But it is, in my eyes, everybody has to play those games. So, you may think, well, it's this or that or it's the refs or whatever have you. And at the bottom of the line is, at the end of the day, it's an entertainment. And it's something that draws revenue, and you're going to watch it. It's just like watching fucking WWE or WWF or whatever it's called, because I don't pay attention to that stuff anymore. I haven't since I WrestleMania was today and tomorrow. Yeah, I know. So I mentioned it. Well, like, well, that's yeah, and it's like, well, like you were saying, everything's about money. Why do you think that the WWE went to two days at two days of WrestleMania, Saturday and Sunday? More money. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Well, they don't even, they're not even on pay-per-view anymore. If, if you are a Peacock subscriber, you can watch every single pay-per-view for free. I love the Peacock. And it's, you don't even need to be like their, like their top tier. It's just basic membership. Yeah, no, I know. I, like I said, they went to two days, they went to two days, Saturday and Sunday, three years ago. Wow. During during when the whole COVID bullshit was going on because more money. And you know, but at what point do you say, okay, you make more money? I'm all about the pussy, stuff. but this guy, this guy, he loves the cock. <laughs> I'm more about the pee and less about the cock, you know. <laughs> 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 oh God, we're going to hell. Um <laughs> But you know, it's like is is it too much? And you start losing quality. Like okay, these match cards, and not, we're not going to talk. We're not going to get into a WWE like whole uh, segment here. But you you look at some of these matches, like they're they're just throwing rant, like all stupid matches in there because they have to fill two days, eight hours, seven hours worth of content, right? Yeah. And that goes that kind of goes along with me, like with with baseball. Getting back on baseball here, like they're it seems like they're making up positions for some of these players. Like you know, oh, he's like hey, they got to go to their bullpen for their middle reliever. What the f-? like? If well, here's my thing was is like a lot of people don't know this about uh, baseball, but you know, um, they have they have DHs now. On, on both sides. So it doesn't matter if you're American League or National League, but back in the day, National League didn't have DHs. You know, I don't What is what is your opinion on that? Cuz I, I I you know what, I'll be honest with you. I have always You want to know my opinion on it? Is is Shoshay Otani. That's my opinion on it. Yeah. Well, uh, here's I, the thing, right? I played baseball. You played baseball. Yeah. I didn't. I played a little bit in high school. Uh, You know, I rode the bench. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't the starting catcher, but you had to be good enough to make the team when you were a scholarship athlete. So my thing is this, you know what it takes. I know what it takes. Yeah. I remember our pitchers hitting the damn ball and you and I both remember pitchers growing up that could hit the damn ball. When they started out with the DH rule saying that the NL, like the AL has to, cannot use, when they started the inner, inner, inner league play, right? 
And yeah. when you're an AL team playing in an NL park, you cannot use a DH. But if you're an NL team playing in an AL park, you can use a DH. So that rule right there has always favored the National League. Because historically and, and, and typically, NL pitchers are better batters than AL pitchers. So when you go to play, if you're an NL team and you go to play in an AL park, oh, now we can use we can use a DH. So if you were like the Cubs back in 2016, now it's like, all right, hey, we don't have to find a fielding spot for Kyle Schwarber. We can just set him on the bench and use him as our DH. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And And then when the AL team comes here, they can't use a DH. So now you got AL b- pitchers who have been in the well, AL and, then, and, then and they can't swing a bat for nothing. But then, and, if you, and again, if you go back, go back to the 1980s. You had guys, you know, that that were first basemen or right fielders that they couldn't necessarily play the game anymore as far as fielding. But hey, we're gonna we're gonna throw them in the DH spot, and uh, you know, you, you can do different kind of plugs here. You can say, you know, guys like Dwight Evans or or uh, even third basemen like Wade Boggs or uh, you had uh, uh, Vladimir Guerrero back in the you day. Know, you know, Mr. October, you know, yeah. he, he did it for the Yankees. Uh, Dave Winfield did it for the Yankees. Well, you look at it, too. The DH rule is always some, you know, you you, you, st- you still got a bat, but you're, you're just you don't have the, the range or the speed on the field or anything like that. Right. Yeah. It used to be they would just put you like anybody who could who still had a decent bat. You became a first baseman. That's what you became, you know, because yeah. it requires the least amount of you know, work it's on the like, field. It's like I tell my wife, I call her first base. <laughs> <laughs> can't hit anything. You hit the ball like crazy, but can't 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 throw home or third. So they put you at first. It's no different than being a right fielder. You got a strong arm, but your 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 accuracy. You can is catch. Shit. You got a strong arm, but you can't run for shit. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean everybody knows it. Your 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 fastest outfielder who can cover the most ground is your center fielder. Then your left fielder. You know, there's a reason why there's a reason why the the fat kid on the team back in little league played right field. <laughs> right, right. You know, and, and so you know, my wife used to get mad at me. You know, when I tell her I was like, she played she played uh, college ball at right college, and. Uh, and, and and she was good, you know. Uh, and then she's like, well, "What do you?" What I would say, I'd be like, "All right, take it easy, first base." And she'd get mad at me. And I'm like, "Like nobody gets that joke except for you and I, yeah, because we played and we know the game." Well, and that's what the, the hell thing are is, you like, doing to those dogs, by the way? Nothing. They're 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 licking each other's balls. They play uh, this game where they tug each other's balls and shit. They're weird. Wow, that was disturbing. Yeah, you know. You know uh, so and it's and it's no different it's no different in in uh every sport has it you know i was like when when the uh when the fab four for michigan were around and their senior center was eric riley yeah you know i mean and like great he was a great center he was a great center but what was he gonna do in that foursome you're gonna to have to do something about those dogs, man. It's throwing my concentration all off. Like I'm concerned. Go, go, go. Quit being like stupid. You said, "Oh, they're just licking each other's balls." Are they licking it or are they biting them? No, man. Yeah, they're talking about each other's balls. Like they sit there and grab each other and chug on their nuts. Oh, they're weird. Yeah, I didn't know this, but it's a thing that males of certain breeds 
being that I have pit bulls, that's what they do. They, they, they like that's why they they usually clip pit bulls' ears is because they do the same thing with their ears. Well, and it's not even it's not even like <laughs> it's not even just the pit bulls. Like I swear, like we have two female dogs right in our house. Now we have our seven year old dog Oreo, which is Jack Russell Beagle mix, and then we have our Golden Doodle, who is like six months old, five months old, right? They're both female. Because I told I told the wife, I told Laura, I said, I don't want to bring a male dog in here and who won't be fixed until they're probably about nine months old, you know, you know, or whatever, if we decide to fix them or whatever. Going into heat because Oreo's <laughs> Oreo's fixed, you know, trying to, you know, do his thing. I said, just get two females in here and all this other shit. So we bring the female in. This one. And I know it's it's because she's a puppy, right? But it's just right. I, it's it's. I told I, I I mess around with Lori all the time. I said I think I think we have lesbian dogs, and she's like, "Well, what are you talking about?" I'm like, "Like like Cookie the pup, right? Like not only does she just eat piles of of turds off of the ground, we're getting way we're getting way off key here. We are. Well, we're gonna we're gonna see it through. Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> speaking of piles of turds stay the course just stay the course yeah yeah uh, women's final four uh it's not the chance speaking of turds the women's final four <laughs> not the chance Oh, oh, God. Oddly enough, oddly enough, and this is why I was—I said piles of turns. Speaking of women's style four, um, the guy that we used to play Call of Duty with—and uh, we can't mention him by name—but his uh, his his gamer tag was HD Bulldog. He had a uh, a son, and his son, when in seventh grade, dated Caitlin Clark of uh, Iowa, and she is How now. How does that even happen? I dude, this is the funniest shit. Like, what I'm the telling fuck? you, I, I did, right, and so I'm like, I'm like remembering this now, and I'm like, and then you, know, you look at her, is... and you look at her, and then you remember how his kid was and how he treated his kid. And I'm just, like, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm going to say it this. Makes sense, but good okay. for her. Good for her. Playing, uh, they're they're in the they're in the uh, women's NCAA championship, uh, to be played. And uh, I I hope Iowa wins. I I don't I don't know. Listen, man. they gotta have something better than corn and butter sculpting in Iowa. All right. <laughs> <laughs> where do you a, think all the Where do you think all the buttered lambs for Easter come from? <laughs> right. Well, there's <laughs> a small little factory in Des Moines on the east side. Yeah. Right, right by adventure by adventure land, you know. <laughs> I I I don't know, man. I don't I don't. Mm. It's I'm a, not as I'm not go, as well versed in the in the in the women's final four. You know, I just well, and I and I watch I I watch a lot of uh, women's sports. I was watching uh, Texas Oklahoma today uh, play in women's softball, and um, of course. Women's transfer portal. Uh, one of Texas's pitchers. You know, if you're if you're gonna play as that bad at that high of a level, how did you go into the transfer portal? Is that why you went in the transfer portal? Or like, I mean, and here's the thing: you're you're facing two time national champions. 
Oklahoma knows what it takes to win. Texas used to be there at some point in time. You know, Arizona, Arizona State, LSU, they've all won it. Florida, Alabama, they've all had good teams over the years. Um, yeah. And, and women's, you know, and the thing I, is, I, I'm watching I'm watching these girls out here, and they're throwing, they're throwing heaters. I'm talking 68, 70 miles an hour. And you're like, well, that's not fat, that fast. But yeah, at but 60 when you're 45 feet away, feet away yeah, yeah, 60 feet away. That's, that is ridiculous. Okay, let me tell you, that is equivalent to know, a major 40, league baseball. Ma- major league mound is, is uh, 66. 60 but, feet, yeah. It's, so, so, like, they're at, 45. So. Yeah, but at, at, at that small, at that, that fast, at that small of a distance, that's like the equivalent of somebody throwing 117 to 130 miles an hour in baseball. Well, you so like, see it all the time. They, you know, how yeah, many times have they have these videos out on YouTube where they get a star softball player and they put somebody like, uh, you know, they put like a like a Bryce Harper or somebody at the plate. And like, all right, let's see if he can hit it. And they just come just with an air. Yeah. You know? And even worse is, could you imagine? And that's with, that's with a, a, a softball. Could you imagine if they did it with a baseball? I don't think it had the same effect. Right. Well, and it's a natural. It's thing. That's the only thing is you forget that softball pitching is an underhand motion. It's a natural motion. Whereas that's why you have a lot of these guys and a lot of the pitchers back in the day when they were throwing so hard that they're having Tommy John surgery on their shoulder, having Tommy John surgery on their elbows. You know, uh, just trashing their rotator cuffs. I mean, right. And, well, and it's, but that's the thing, though, right? Like they didn't. Like back in the I day, mean, you they didn't guys, have a lot you of guys opening doors, tearing labrums. You know, I mean, it's well, it's, it's it, okay. Well, here's the thing, right? And here, here's the disconnect, and here's where it's different between you know back then and now. Back then, you didn't see a lot of pitchers going through torn rotator cuffs and Tommy John surgeries because they they were allowed to have that elaborate windup and really reach back and throw even with somebody on on base you know well, talk to me about this uh this eye look at eyes looking at the batter to the pitcher thing like what is that about when i was watching the game uh, there's some rules that i i am not hip to i was like this guy like didn't look at the batter for like 10 seconds or something and then he threw I, the ball and he called the like no 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 call i'm like what the hell is that well it, it well because they're trying to speed up the game is what they're trying to do so they like have we can't have three hour games now four hour games I mean, well, I, I, like I, now if you're going to intentionally and they i think they've had this for the last couple seasons if i'm not mistaken if you're going to intentionally walk somebody, there is no more four pitches. He just gets up. You you call intentional walk, and he takes his base in an effort to speed the game up. Now, this year they've they've instituted there, there's a pitch clock. Yeah, which I, I think yeah. I can't remember what the time, but you have a set amount of seconds when you receive it, the ball back from the catcher to get no in more, your way and what, it's go it's into no your more, motion. It's no, more, it's no more than ten seconds. I'm telling you what, it is definitely no more than ten seconds. Yeah. Well, they also you're only allowed so many pickoffs per per runner. Yeah, like I see, and and I'll be honest with you, I like that rule because how many times are you watching a major league baseball game, and it's a tight game late in the game, 
and they got somebody with speed on first base, and he's throwing like eight pickoff moves in a row to this dude. Okay, the the, the dog just brought up a good point. Uh, she was growling about it, and she she brought it up on Google. The, the pitch f- clock rule <laughs> states that a pitcher gets fifteen seconds to begin the motion to throw the ball. Okay, with the base is empty, and twenty seconds with the runner on base. So it's it's different. Right. Whether if there's a runner on versus there's not a runner well, on. Oh, yeah. You got to take into account, okay, yeah, he needs to keep an eye on him and everything like that. So, of course, he's going to want more time. But I do agree with the whole you're only allowed so many pickoff moves per runner on base. You know, it's like, you know, okay, like I said just a minute ago, late in the game, tight game, and he's going, and they got a speedster on first. And he, oh, excuse me. He's, no. he's throwing a pickoff move to first, and he's not even putting any effort to it, right? Right. He's throwing it to first base like eight times in a row. It's like you could throw it eighty times in a row. You know, the first time you go home with the with the, with the ball, he's going to take off to second. So, like, you know, it's like for facts. But see, that's where I'm talking about where you see more guys nowadays having Tommy John surgery because, like I said, back in the day, they had these elaborate windups to get that momentum going and get that speed going, and now. These these guys' throwing motions at the plate are so compacted because it's all about getting the ball out quick and getting it home so they can throw it on a second, you know. Right. Right. Well, and, you know, I will say that it, it blows my mind how you have um, – take, take a minute. Take a minute. Take your time. Slow it down. It blows my mind how you have the same overhand or a similar overhand motion in in football, and you don't have the the same amount of casualties, let's say per injury, you know, with a with a shoulder and, and stuff like that. Um, in football, I was trying to I was trying to shoot the dogs out because they're getting annoying to me, um, you know. Uh, and again, transitioning, we also need to we need to talk about the uh, the men's NCAA Final Four. Like, uh, what are the FAU San Diego State, dude? Good UConn. on them. I I'm like, I I am I just unbelievable. I I think it, I mean UConn would seem like the logical choice, but at this point. The way the way the FAU is playing, or San Diego State at this point, hell, even uh, Miami, I'm rooting for the underdog. I just want one of those three teams to win. I would love to see. I would love to see a San Diego State or an FAU, like an eight or nine, win the tournament. Well, see, that's 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 my thing, right? Okay, it, it's UConn. They're not an underdog. They're they're not. Miami is not an underdog. San Diego State, they are a fifth seeded team, but you know, look at look at where they were at when the tournament Again, started. Their season. conference. It's that's their just conference it. and their strength of schedule, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm ta- like I the F- only who thing does, that who does the- FAU play? Who who's the big teams that FAU plays, honestly? Are we talking about because they're playing in the Sunbelt conference? You so, know what I mean? Yeah. Like I mean it, it here okay. This this is all I'm gonna say. My only aggravation is is FAU and San Diego State have to play each other. I'm rooting for whoever comes out of that matchup 
I would have preferred to have seen a Miami versus FAU and a UConn versus a San Diego State because I think that would have been a more entertaining scenario. I think FAU matches up better with UConn and Miami does really? with San Oh yeah. Hmm. Well, I was I was running the numbers. I was looking at you know the different you know statistically speaking um, on Thursday and, and Friday, and just by the numbers, man. I and I just you know, I think I think San Diego State is a little bit more physical of a team, and and that's and I think that's going to be the downfall of FAU. Now, whether or not uh, San Diego FAU, State is FAU physical is enough a, to take out Miami or UConn, leads see, it. and that's why it's like FAU and Miami are both speed teams, and they're both about controlling the clock. Right. You know, I was uh, I was actually watching um, men's national high school uh, basketball earlier today, and the team from Arizona. This was the score at halftime. This is how how much defense was actually played. In the game, the score at halftime was thirty-five to twenty-three. Because and and the, the leading scorer of the team from Arizona, I think he had, I want to say, seventeen points of their thirty-five. So he had almost half yeah. their points. And it was a, it was a team effort. Like the way they were playing, it was amazing. And then yesterday was uh, last night was the McDonald's All American. Uh, yep. And I I have to say uh LeBron James's uh son his oldest boy Bronny James he looked decent. Now I wouldn't say he's a five star by any means, but I would say three and a half or four star. Unfortunately he has a more, though, his his name is going to propel him well, into a five star. He has star. a more complete game than his dad just by watching them play and and you know these high school kids this is the first time I've seen the McDonald's All-American game where they they actually played the game. Like, they haven't been playing the game for years. They've been just, just just punks dunking around and joking around. Like, they took this game seriously. And the kid that's uh, who got the MVP for the East, I think he's going to USC next year. Or, yeah, eh, I could be wrong. Maybe it's maybe it the West. But it was a good game. And then the last time I was watching, you know, again, I was watching high school nationals this morning for the national championship. And I didn't. I didn't finish watching it because we we're, you know, we we're getting ready to do the podcast, and I was just, uh, I was trying to retool some stuff on here. And it just blows my mind that I see better defense in a high school game. Oh yeah. Than I see in an NBA game, or because, even in some college games. That's because the NBA is not about defense anymore. They haven't no. been about defense in, I'd say, probably twenty twenty five years. I miss yeah. I miss watching I miss watching guys like like Dikembe Mutombo or Elijah Juan or or Manute Bull or or somebody just blocking a shot and just like you know shoving their finger in somebody's face or something you know or yeah. you know having having somebody else you know that that could just be a wizard around that kind of thing you know like it's just and you, you don't you don't have that you know and the the pass the beauty of the pass is lost anymore you know and that's why like I, i'll go out and i'll watch i'll watch female sports and the reason i'll watch female sports is not just because they're female sports is because they still 
believe in the fundamentals of the game. You know, like I yeah. hate, I hate watching. I hate, I tell you what, I, because I played football as long as I did, because I was a scholarship athlete, because I walked on at Purdue University, I hate when I see somebody ring somebody else's bell and they're not rapping. I mean, if you're on defense, you better be hitting and rapping. Oh, yeah. Dropping that puss, hitting and rapping. And if you don't do it, I'm like, how is it? How? How? I, you know what? I'll tell you this, watching my boys play football, right? And and it's it's every kid nowadays, right? Especially when it comes to defense. Like you said, when we were younger, you were taught wrap and drive. Wrap your arms around them and drive into them, right? If I swear to God, and it always aggravates the hell out of me. It doesn't matter if it's on the sidelines. It could be open field, whatever. This shoulder knocking. They don't even tackle. They just, oh, I'm just going to knock you yeah. with my shoulder and you go down. Like, they're, what they're, is that? They're, they're showboating. They're showboating. And I, I can't, I can't stand it's it. It's like, take your helmet, stick it right in his number. Like, I want snot bubbles in his nose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they just they don't do that. It, it like to get it's like what, what like what are you doing? Best not bubbles, Northern Michigan, Ferris State University, defensive end, Caleb Murphy. <laughs> now nobody's talking about this kid. I'm gonna talk about this kid. Uh if he doesn't get drafted in the, the first two rounds, something's wrong. His, I, I his stat line is is unreal, man. I'll I tell you what. It. I, you know, <laughs> I just, I don't, I'm, a, I'm okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw, and we're gonna go, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna flip, we're gonna flip real quick um, with NCAA football and, and, and the draft coming up. And I'm gonna give you a stat line here, just off the, off the top of my head. I'm gonna give you three random, three random quarterbacks, because I know we, uh, we did this last week with our quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. First quarterback. Two season stat line, twenty eight touchdowns. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Twenty forty three touchdowns, twenty two mm-hmm. interceptions. All right. Second quarterback stat line over two years, twenty three touchdowns, fifteen interceptions. And he didn't play all his games. He he was also you know he was being rotated out. Okay. What? What? Third third quarterback stat line over over a two year period. Thirty two touchdowns, five interceptions. Who do you think those quarterbacks are? Uh, the last one sounds like Patrick Mahomes to me. Not the NFL. Oh, college. college? Yeah. These are the top. These are these guys are one of three of the top five quarterbacks that may get drafted. In my opinion, would you, let me ask you this: Who would you take? Number one, number two, or number three? Just based on stats. Based on stats, on touchdown to interception ratio over a two year period, who would you take? Number one, number two, or number three? Number number three. I mean, you want to know who the who the kid is from number three? It's uh, I'm gonna tell you right now. It's not it's not Bryce Young, 
Nope. It's not C.J. Stroud. Nope. It's not Max Dugan. Nope. Uh, it's not Hooker. It is. Is it? It's Hooker. Really? Hooker from Tennessee. Wow. The first quarterback I gave you was Will Levis. The second quarterback I gave you was Richardson. The third one I gave you was Hooker. Man, I it, right, and so and he and he played his games. So I mean, in suggestion of that, now it's just like anything else. Like the 49ers will sit here and do the 49ers will will, will get quarterbacks at at a less than premium like uh, yeah they gave up draft picks for one guy but then the other guy they drafted in the sixth or seventh round and you know he's a diamond in the rough and they had jimmy garofalo forever in a day it's like it was like like when patriots drafted matt castle matt castle didn't start a single game his entire college career he played in 10 of them and he went out and he went out and you know did the combine and he was dropping dimes. What happened? New England drafted him in like the sixth or seventh round. Went on to do great things in, in Kansas City. I'm just saying, like, you know, there's guys out there. And well, it's not everybody. I, I'm going to tell you what. If I was a college athlete in any sport, but, you know, we're, we're talking about NFL now, so we'll just stick to that. If I was a top-tier athlete, right, and – Slated to go, you know, number one, number two, whatever. I would hate to be in that position. And part of it is because I, I just my competitiveness. It's like, okay, I worked so hard. You know, if you're a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud, which I don't honestly think they're that great. But, you know, um, you know, you, you worked all just to, and now you're getting drafted by like a bottom feeder team. And, and it, it, it kind of is deflating a bit, you know what I mean? It's like, God damn it, you know. If, I'll tell you what. If I was a Max Dugan, I, I would be loving where I'm at right now. Because well, see, and, and see, and that's that's the other thing is like, if you had is Max Dugan what's like what's going on in the NFL right now? So like, if you had guys in the NFL that would band together, and we'll call it the friends scenario, right? And in the friends scenario, you have quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes. You have your 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 fly by night guys like Joe Burrow. Yeah. Um, you have a, a Justin Haybear or Herbert, however you want to say it. Um, and let's say you have your Lamar Jackson, right? And then we'll throw Jalen Hurts in there because these are all the young quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And let's say instead of going against what you know is 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 uh, is right. You band together and you're like, listen, if we make a stipulation and put out something that says, okay, hey, we're we're friends and we call each other up and we're like, hey, you know what we're gonna do instead of uh, maintaining silence or getting our own agents or do this or do that, we tell our our team and we tell our league and we go to the players association and the union and say. We're not going to play this year unless everybody is equally said and done. But there's always going to be that quarterback. The problem here is there's always going to be that quarterback that sets the tier, right? So it's just like no different for for like Dan Marino, 
uh, you know, like Dan Marino, you know, first guy to throw over 40 touchdowns and then first guy to throw over 50 touchdowns, you know, and that was him. And then, you know, he threw over 3,000 yards consistently, got to 5,000 yards one year. You know what I mean? So, like, there is those guys that are performing at a higher level, and that's because they have an agent. Their agent is in there looking into their best interest, again, an entertainment industry, and they're going, hey, this is what he did. And the guy who's paid the top in the league did this. So, and, you know, and they're, and they're basically going by a curve, you know, it'd be no different if you were in school and you're like, well, the best guy in the class, he only got, you know, 93. Well, you know know what? I'm going to tell you this, right? You look at the mock drafts, look at the mock drafts of what's going on right now. Right. And I'm going to tell you what, out of all these quarterbacks, you know, the one who is the one whose position I would want to be in right now is Anthony Richardson from Florida because Anthony Richardson, they, Hooker, they, they have him Dugan. going, they got, they've got uh, Anthony Richardson slated as a six overall pick through uh, Detroit. Now, if I'm Anthony Richardson, hell yeah, I'll take that. Detroit, I, Detroit is, Detroit is going to be in command of that division for my, my quite a sleeper, few years. my sleeper pick. And I don't even know if he'll get drafted you know, until like the fourth or seventh round is, uh, is that kid, the quarterback from Houston, you know, uh, yeah. and he reminds me of, a of a way better Dave Klingman. Yeah. I'm I mean, sorry, he, David Klingler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of the baseball player. Have another round. Why not? All right. <laughs> Dave Klingman used to play for the A's back in 1986. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? I need to look that up. Can you, you show your dog? age just a little bit, you know? Oh, no, it's, it, but you know what? You look at the at the draft class and these mock drafts, and I'm going to tell you what, dude. They've got C.J. Stroud going number one overall to Carolina. I don't think that C.J. Stroud is going to fit in in Carolina. That system I, is not. I, I don't think. Listen, I am. I am confident that there's going to be a shakeup on draft day. I am confident that I'll, the Carolina I'll, Panthers I'll are what. not going to are not going to draft a quarterback. They are going to transition that pick into something better. I, I, I have a feeling. Don't be surprised. Do not be surprised if some free agent moves happen and say, uh. A Lamar Jackson winds up in Carolina or winds up in Houston if you don't see one of those two teams trading down. You know what? Uh, and I and I'm not saying I, I I mean I see that I see that and there's other teams out there that possess the rights to guys that are playing in different leagues right now. I just like I so like okay. And I, I gotta say it, Josh Gordon touchdown go Sea Dragons got the pass from Ben DiNucci, who was backing up Prescott not too long ago and was gunning for his job. Well, I, you know what? I'm gonna you tell know, you what. I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, and this is all I'm gonna say is, is I think, I think in the XFL, the and here's the thing: it's an individual, it's an individual rights 
So it's not a team. So it's not like it's not like you know, like each team is like a like a single A ball club for somebody, right? Right. So like each each player has their commitment rights or their signing rights to whatever team, right? Josh Gordon's right now is with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Okay. You know, Danucci, Danucci's rights are with the Cowboys, you know? So like, even though he's on, even though these guys are on the sea dragons at any time, you know, it could come back by the beginning of next season and go, Oh yeah, well, he's, uh, He's playing for you know this team over here now. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like he was just playing in the XFL, and then what's going to happen? All those kids that don't get drafted here in the next couple of weeks. But you know what? And, and XFL you, or USFL? Well, me and you have been saying this right for for the last month or two. The quarterback quality. You know, you you can you can throw your names out there. All you your CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud ain't done shit in the last two years. Where he gets off saying that he was the best player in the college football for the last two years beats the hell out of me. You got your ass whipped by Michigan in Michigan two years ago and then got it whipped worse in Columbus this past year. I, so I don't understand. You haven't done nothing. We, we know my feelings about Ohio State quarterbacks and how I feel about Ohio oh, yeah. State. So, well, we'll just, it's, But it's not even that, just him. That. Bryce Young. They got Bryce Young going second overall. Why? He didn't even make the playoffs this year. I don't, I don't understand. Know. You know, it's, it's you look at this top ten draft class, right? Now, well, out of the where, top who, ten, you know what? Who look good out of out of everybody, out of all these guys, the guy who's like thirty six and he's still playing college ball, Stenson Bennett. I mean, he's as old as Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson's been in the league for almost five well, years. I, I'm going to tell you right now, out of this top ten draft class, and this is this just proves my point, right? Where this is a subpar draft class, especially for quarterbacks. Now, out of that top 10, only four of them are quarterbacks. Now, granted, part of that is to do with what your needs are and everything like that. In, you know, um, you know, the Bears don't need a quarterback. Philly doesn't need a quarterback, I, which I, I still don't understand it's, how Philly got the number 10 pick overall. I mean, unless they're, they're thinking that they're going to draft up, you know, trade up. But only four out of these 10 are quarterbacks, right? Five out of the 10 are defensive and offensive linemen, and only one is a defensive back. Defensive linemen is the hot and often just linemen in general are the hot commodity this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. That and uh, that that and uh, edge rushers. You find yeah. you find a really good edge rusher, and that's where I was like, uh, you know, everybody's gearing towards uh, certain people or, or, or talking about certain people. And there's guys, there's guys out there that you know when that comes stacked. You can get these guys at less than a premium oh, yeah. because there's so many good ones that you don't have to draft them in the first round. Like you're gonna have you're gonna have guys, and I again showing my age here that everybody thought they were top tier, you know, top of the line, you know, Quentin Coriot and uh, Steve Edmond, and they could should have been drafted in the second or third round, even the fourth round. Out of you know? out of these top ten picks, right? And this is where we were talking about it, and it's going to be interesting to see in free agency, right? Now, out of the top ten, I, I tell you what, out of the top five, only three of them are looking for a quarterback: Carolina, Houston, and Indianapolis, right? You know, uh, that, the- Arizona doesn't need a quarterback. Seattle doesn't need a quarterback, and none of the other teams in this top ten need a quarterback. So. I'm telling you, if a Lamar Jackson, which I'll be honest, I Carolina is a very 
possible landing spot for Lamar Jackson. If, if that's he, what I'm saying. So if, I'm, I'm if saying Carolina if, trades with Baltimore and takes Lamar Jackson, you're going to see one of those two, either CJ Stroud or Bryce Young fall to later on. Because after that, yeah. none of these people, Bryce Young could fall to the freaking late first round, possibly second round. Because if Carolina takes Lamar Jackson, they're going to trade away their first round pick. They're going to trade him away. And they're going to trade down. This draft reminds me of when Brady Quinn from Notre Dame (laughs) got drafted by the Cleveland Browns so late in the second round. Hang on. Hang on. That's tally one. (laughs) I'm, I'm proud of you, though. It took you almost a full hour before you mentioned any year the Browns drafted a quarterback. They failed. Right. And and everybody else knows, you know, and watching. And I really I really thought I really thought, you know, obviously me being a fan of Notre Dame, thought he was going to do better. But then I was like, oh, went to, he went to the Browns. OK, <laughs> like back then and still now, let, let's face it, you go to the Browns to fail. like. You know, like they they wanted to see Deshaun Watson fail. Fuck that. Put him on the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> right? But that's what I'm saying. It's like, like, look, how many quarterbacks that were drafted that are no longer in the league or their backups that were drafted high? You know, I, I, I'm a, I'm going to give you, you know, or just, just if you don't think that a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud can fall to late oh, first round or beginning of second, depending if on they like trade, I said. If they trade, let's say if Carolina trade. trades with the Ravens and takes Lamar Jackson, they're going to trade away their number one pick, right? Now, right. I'm going to tell you right now, Houston's going to give them whatever the hell they want because Houston is in dire need for a quarterback. Even though they're sitting right. at number two, they're going to trade away. Right. So, and, it, and that's what I'm saying whoever, is, is you're going to have you're going to have either a blockbuster deal or a multi-team deal, and it's going to come out, and all of a sudden the Carolina Panthers are going to go from a 651 shot, and that, that that's what this is. This is all again all about money, right? To probably probably a hundred and to one shot right. for the Super Bowl. And that is what makes the difference. And but, then, you know what's going to happen is the, the spending sport books, all this stuff, MGM, FanDuel, all these sites. Well, going when, crazy. When they, like I've heard people say, well, no, you know, Lamar Jackson wouldn't possibly take, he's not going to take a trade to Carolina. Don't be so sure about that. Don't not, Yeah. Look what Lamar Jackson did with what I like to call better than average receivers over the over the years. And we're talking about guys like Willie Sneed. We're talking about uh, uh, guys uh, just off the top of my head, uh, different receivers, different tight ends. You know, he's not – he wasn't playing with like, – like, uh, he wasn't playing with like Jerry Rice, you know. He wasn't he wasn't playing with a Steve Largent. He wasn't playing with an Antonio Brown. He wasn't playing with guys that have proven themselves in the league and, and they were good. Which is another thing. Why aren't guys like Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell playing in the XFL? Because nobody wants them, right? It, it, but you know what? If it, and and and, I, and 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 let me just say this, I with the exception of their, their mental health, because I don't know what's going on there, I think that Le'Veon Bell and 
Antonio Brown could still be great. They you know, can they still, still be great two or three physically, good seasons. but they've, they've got issues going on. That's that's you know, and that's and that. that's right. And mental health is nothing to uh, to to shake your head at with these these younger kids. And I say that because I am of the older, I am Generation X, and in a Generation X, we we don't have those feelings. We're just we're not allowed to have feelings. That. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> You know, Feelings are for pussies, but but mental mental health is is important to these younger kids. So, you know, it's uh, it's a big deal, and and I, I I hope that they get that stuff worked out. And I think that's where a lot of it, it goes to now is is that everybody everybody and the unions and everything they have all these these cutoffs for things. You know, they want they want the longevity. They want Tom Brady and everybody. Well, and it's here's, not going to happen on the guys that get banged up all the time. Well, here's here's the thing, too, right? And I'm not trying to, you know, go back, but what, like, this this is what I'm saying with the draft. Free agency this year alone could change. Like I said, Lamar Jackson goes to a Carolina. You could see a Bryce Young or you could see a C.J. Stroud fall to late first round or early second round. And if you don't think that it's possible – I'm going to give you an example. 2014's NFL draft. There were two players. One went to Alabama and one went to Georgia. And they were top-tier quarterbacks. Both of them fell dramatically. One of whom was drafted, was slated at first to go in the top five. He went to 164th overall pick because of what happened in free agency in 2014. The one... Is your boy AJ McCarron go Battlehawks? Yes, Hawks. sir. I know exactly. Go Battlehawks. And then the, <laughs> talking about. <laughs> and, and the other one was Aaron Murray. Yeah, yeah. Aaron These Murray two were Georgia. top five. Like going into the draft, oh, they're going to go top three, top five, whatever. And then in that month and a half, two months leading up to the draft with free agency and everything else, they fell and they fell hard. And you're, I, I got a feeling you're going to see that this year, depending on what goes on with Lamar Jackson. Because the only teams that really truly need a quarterback are the Colts, the Houston Texans, and the Carolina Panthers. After that, the rest of these teams have their quarterback, or they have a serviceable enough quarterback that they don't want to take a chance on a young guy out of college. Yeah. You know. And you're going to see one, at least one of them are going to fall. Like I could, I could honestly see. I'm waiting for Tom Brady to come back. Just go pissing me off. I'm going back. Son of a bitch, you piss me off. Her new, her her new boyfriend's an asshole. Fuck it, I'm going back. You know, it's like. I, I I could and it's and it's honestly I think the odd man out will be Will Levis in Kentucky depending on what happens before the draft because I mean let's be honest it's it's CJ Stroud can fall Bryce Young can fall Will Levis can fall I mean it's like you know but I don't know you remember oh man I got I can't off the top of my head I can't think of his name. Uh, oh, he got drafted by the Giants. Well, I'll tell you what, hold, hold that thought, hold that thought. 
let's pause it because I gotta yeah, I gotta use the facility. So, so the Kentucky quarterback that I was thinking about uh, outside of uh, Levis was Jared Lorenz. You know, uh, and there's just there's you know nobody ever gave that guy a chance. You know, probably like a one star or two star recruit to Kentucky and just mammoth of a quarterback. You know, and there's always going to be those teams. You know, uh, like the first Houston quarterback to win the Heisman Trophy, uh, show my age here, I believe back in 1989 or 1990, it was Andre Ware. Um, great quarterback out of the University of Houston. Yeah, yeah, you are showing your age. I'm going to send you a walker. You know, well, this is like, like this year. The kid, I think, Caleb Toon from – from Houston is is very refined. Uh, I don't think he, college wise now, is as good as like Case Keenum was right. when Case was at Houston. But the refining ability of his talents, and he's coming out as a junior. I think Tune Tune could be a a great quarterback at some point. If he has somebody to refine his talents, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, for example, and and I'll go back to the Kansas City Chiefs here, defense, right? You got George Kyloftis that came from Purdue, right? George Kyloftis never played football until college. Like when he came here from Greece to go to Purdue University, that's when he started playing football. Like he he played he played I think he played like one or two games at the end of his his senior season and it was just because somebody needed somebody or something yeah. uh, as far as the story tracks and he played his college football that's it now that's how good he is and he started or he played in sixteen games he started in ten games uh, in the NFL last year for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, had like six and a half sacks, had like 27 hurries. Like he had a good rookie performance, right? Well, well, look at Dan his... Hampton. Okay. Dan Hampton, didn't, Dan Hampton didn't start playing football until his junior year in high school. Where is my I bottle? Mean... <laughs> fucking dogs. Took my fucking bottle. I swear to God, man. I can't, can't have nothing. And, you got a bunch uh, of alcoholic well, dogs. You know, well, exactly. My my point being is, and then and then you're working with some of the greats. So back then, Dan Hampton was working with Butkus, right? Now, no, uh, no, 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 I don't think no. Butkus was gone before Hampton got there. No, no, I'm saying Butkus was. Uh, he was working as a, a linebackers coach on the team. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Back then, they didn't call it a linebackers coach. They called it a consultant. Yeah. You know, uh, with his with his shorts on and and part of uh, Buddy Ryan's yeah, but defense. Like, but over there. that was irrelevant though, because Hampton was a D lineman, he wasn't a linebacker. <laughs> but they worked together on certain drills, and that's what I was, I'm, I'm trying to get to is that a lot of these guys, these young guys, have great coaches, or they have guys that played the position. Like Carl Loftus is is working with like Tom Bahali right now. Could you imagine if he he worked with a with a, like a Derek Thomas, you know, God rest his soul, uh, set, seven sacks in in a single game in a playoff game, like just amazing the speed and power of of that guy, and 
you're looking at edge rushers, which I was just I was just checking out the stat lines on these edge rushers, is the most overpowering draft had has ever been. And like you were saying earlier, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, edge rushers. The edge yep. rushers in this draft are swarmed. You could you could throw a pebble in the lake and find yourself an edge rusher. Like and, there's and, just but- but that's why I don't understand, and I've mentioned this before. Somebody I mean, please could, explain up, to me. You could pick up. You could go to the seventh round and still pick up a decent edge rusher. Oh, yeah. but but see, that's what I'm talking about. Somebody for the they need to explain to me why quarterbacks are held in such high value every year in the draft. Why? Why? Do you know how many how many number one overalls or how many top five overall quarterbacks? fall by the wayside and have short careers because they they just cannot make the transition. On the opposite side, do you know how many quarterbacks go undrafted or late-round drafted who become some of the better quarterbacks, Tom Brady being one of them, arguably the GOAT, but just even just guys that go undrafted and are good quarterbacks, when you look at their stats and you look at them, and they're great. They're not maybe not great, but they're 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 good. And they have to fight for starting jobs, and they get traded, or they're kind. Tyler, I'm going to give you a freaking fat example right here. Tyler Heineke, right now. <laughs> I you can't you can't do any argument. I, I like Heineke, so like oh, there's no him. like you know, there's to not going to be any out argument there who there. don't understand why why I have that viewpoint. I'm going to tell them. Now he's six foot one. He weighs two hundred and ten pounds, which by quarterback standards, six foot one, small. It is. It's small. We'll, we'll be honest. He w- he went to Old Dominion, and went undrafted. Goes to Washington. Now, just last year alone, in nine games, in just nine short games, he threw for nineteen hundred yards, two hundred and six p- yards per game average. 12 touchdowns and an 89.6% quarterback rating. I, yeah. I, that's and, not, and that's, that, that's, that's, in the upper, that's in the upper tier of, of quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. And just nine games. Now, he's finally, I think he's caught his break. He got picked up by Atlanta, which I think will be the starter. They're stupid if they don't make him the starter. But well, they're going to have, they're going to, they're going to force Ritter to, to, to play, play the game. You know, they went with Mariota last year and they, they saw that that was a fail. They, they've picked up some guys in the offseason. We'll, we'll see how it goes. You know? Yeah, I mean, but, I, like, I didn't understand what they were doing, and you're not going to be able to explain it to me on Washington, right? You you got you got uh, Carson Wentz. Oh, they, they dropped and him, then, too. And then they drop him, and then they put Heineke in for, you know, what was it? At the time, he played, I think he started, like, six games in a row or something like that, seven games in a row. That's when they were making their run. That's why they. That's why they were in the playoff picture. It's for no different. Card, it's no different than. It's no different than the what was it the oh four or oh five Bears and, and they they uh, were 2006, literally two thousand six two thousand six. Kyle I, Orton carried Kyle that team. Orton. I love Kyle Orton. Kyle Whenever he Orton went to school, carried, Purdue. Dude, he carried that freaking team when Rex Grossman sure went did. down. What carried them through the playoffs and got benched in the Super Bowl against Indianapolis for Rex Grossman. Right. I'm like, are you stupid? I, if I wanted to get punched in the face and kicked in the balls, I would go play for the Bears or the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's like, I, 
you can't you can't make that make sense. I don't care about your draft picks. I don't care. You know what? If I was the Bears front office, I would tell them this. I'd be like, Rex, I understand that you know we drafted you high and we're paying you all this money, but you you, suck. you, you went down. Not, yeah, right. I mean, let's be honest. But he he went down what in the third game, fourth game of the season, something like that. Yeah, it was. He goes down. Kyle Orton comes in and carries that team, manages that offense, and took them to a third. Do you know what the Bears' record was when Kyle, when Rex Grossman went down? They were two and two. Right. And, and they and finished was- the season 13 and three. Right. Oh, I know. And Kyle Orton comes in and he runs that offense, takes him to the playoffs, takes them all the way through the playoffs and wins the NFC championship to go to the Super Bowl. And then they put Rex Grossman as a starter for the quarterback like that. That has to be the most retarded decision on anybody for any kind of general manager, manager, team owner. I tell Rex Grossman, you know what? Better luck next year. This boy has a vibe going. He has a, a cohesiveness with the team. I don't give a shit, dude. Sorry. You know. Again, the team you're talking about is the Chicago Bears. Well, that, you know, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's fucking Chicago Bears, you know. Like, no, why you know, would we, re- we re-sign Aaron, Robbie Gold? We're going to – why? The Bears you know? drafted the Bears drafted Kyle Orton in the fourth round, 105th mm-hmm. overall, in the 2005 draft. And do you know what his numbers – by the time the regular season was over with and the playoffs started, do you know where it put him among the freaking NFL quarterbacks? He was in the top fifteen. He was, I think he was he was a top ten quarterback at he that was. time. I mean, and it's just it's it's crazy. It's crazy to think about that, you know. Uh, and and nobody and, and here's the thing. Here's here, here's the thing about that was is. That was their Super Bowl year. Right. You know, and he he was in the Super Bowl for the 2006 Super Bowl. You know, the, the crazy thing was, is he did not throw more touchdowns than he did interceptions. Right. Let's, let's look at, this is Orton's, Stats the year that he took over for for Rex Grossman, right? He had he 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 had 109 completions on 338. You know he had a 51.6 percent completion ratio, right? Um, and more touchdowns than interceptions. But it's like it was also saying which one of the one of the craziest stats about that 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 year for him was is in in playing in 15 of the games and in starting and starting. Um, eleven of those games. Okay, that yeah. he played in. In eleven games that he started in, played in fifteen. He got hit the fourth most times in the NFL. He got sacked thirty times. He got hit or dumped over a hundred times. Kyle and Orton. That is why that is why your stat line is nine touchdowns, thirteen interceptions. They're, they didn't Orton. even have a fucking offensive line. I'm just saying. I'm Kyle not, you know. Orton had an eleven year career. Okay, now out of those eleven years, as a starter, 
you know, when when he had because he's had starts in all but I think one year. It might have been like 2012 you know, when he first got to Dallas, right? Uh, out of those 11 years, he had a winning record in nine out of those 11 years. Yeah, as a yeah, starter. And- and he and the, 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 again, the crazy part is he didn't throw a lot of touchdowns, and he is in his interception touchdown ratio. I don't, I don't know what it is for his career. I'm I'm guessing is right around even. Um, but he won games. He know and he he knew how to win games, and that was because when he was at uh, Purdue, uh, Tiller Tiller taught clock management. And right. again, I go back to that all the time. If same thing in basketball, same thing in football. If you know how to manage the clock, you can manage the game. You can win the game. You control the clock. You control the game. Well, you grind them and tempo way down. Yeah, you know, and, and it, it's it, and and that's that's where it's at. You know, uh, again, I don't. The thing is, is like everybody says, well, defense wins championships. No, that's not really. That's that's not really true. If you no, have a good defense, that year. it keeps You know, you know the quarterback the that Kyle Orton played against in the Super Bowl? Yeah, so do Peyton I. Manning. Peyton Manning. Yeah. If if you have a good defense, you grind the tempo of the game, which means that what your was, defense keeps their offense off of the field. What was even the score of that game? Wasn't it a low-scoring oh, game? It was like 20-14 no. to 14 or something? No, or no, 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 no. It no. wasn't it that was, high uh, It wasn't it was, it, it, it It was a lot closer – than what it started off. I know because he, I remember Peyton Manning threw like one or two touchdowns in the fourth quarter and like thirty seconds left in the game, something crazy like that. But like the game was like close the entire game. Yeah, it was. I think it wound up being. Um, Let's see. I, I gotta look it up because now I, I I don't remember. I think it was it was probably like thirty, maybe like thirty five to like seven to like twenty four or something like that, somewhere in there. I remember watching it and in, in, in beginning on, like, okay, yeah. 29-17. Yeah. 29-17. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot closer than what the, the game showed. Because I remember, okay, Devin Hester runs the opening kickoff back, and it's like, oh, here we go. The Bears are going to run. Right. And then the Colts just start destroying the Bears. And then the Bears had a very good second half and made the game a lot closer than what it was. So, but, you know. It's, I just, I, I, I just, I don't under, I don't understand it. Like, I, I really don't, you know, it, it all these, you know, oh, quarterbacks are, they're high, they're held in such high value and they want to go first or second overall. Why? Why? You know, it's like, let's, let's take a look at the top two quarterbacks in this draft class CJ Stroud and freaking Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper made the playoffs last year, but didn't do shit. Didn't even make the playoffs this past year. CJ well, Stroud and, and, and got that's his ass whipped by Michigan like, two years not, in a row. There's not a, and then, the well, they got a pity bid into the freaking playoffs this year. Again, the guys that are winning games, the guys that are passing touchdowns, the guys that they have a high high football IQ, one, okay? They have a high clock management, you know, uh, their awareness for the game, their awareness for what is going on on the field yeah. is very high. And we're talking about guys like Tom Brady. We're talking about guys like Peyton Manning. And now you can throw Patrick Mahomes in there. I'm sorry, but you can throw him in there. Joe Montana did it back in, in the 80s. You know, uh, there's guys out there that 
That's how they won games. They knew of... they, they Brett Favre. Brett Favre least talked about guy out of all these guys. He could manage an entire game in two minutes or less. Oh yeah, and it, and it blew my mind. Blew my mind how often he could do that. Well, that's like Josh Allen's downfall, right? Josh Allen is a hell of a quarterback, and yeah, I'm not trying to take anything away from Josh Allen. That man cannot manage a football game to save his soul. No, no, absolutely cannot. And he has and, and no sense of clock management. He has no. Uh, it's like of a, of situational and awareness. And that's not something. I'm sorry, but that's not something that can be taught. And you either have it or you don't. And I'm sorry. You can use the excuse. Well, you know, this is the play that the coach has called, and all that with the game on the line bullshit. You you want to know what separates average quarterbacks from great quarterbacks? Is you understand what's going on in the game. At the end of the game, with with time running out, and you have the ball, and you understand what's going on in that field, and you understand the flow of the game, and a coach calls in a play, a great quarterback will listen to the coach and be like, yeah, no problem, and then go out in the huddle and tell him something different. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. He'll be like, okay, well, if that's what you want, you know. Yeah, right, and that's not the the play he called, you know. I mean, yeah. You're, uh, it's 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 been a it's been a it's been a long time, a long time coming with, with that, and <laughs> there's there's going to be very few and far between. Right now, you got pitchers in the MLB that are calling their own pitches, and that's that's, that's never never I really not, happened. Yeah, it, and I do not agree. It shouldn't happen. It should you know. Like, okay, let's face it. Like, you know, like, I'm, I'm honestly, I I was a catcher. I was behind a plate nine times out of ten, and right. this is why I, I would say when I when I talk to my wife and I say, "Hey, first base," because as a catcher, and I was a catcher, that you know better than anybody else. Are Are you still a catcher? Well, no. <laughs> uh, that <laughs> that you, you the, the the catcher is essentially the quarterback of of the baseball team. He's the catcher the manages. Of the field. You know, he manages the whole clock. Everybody right. thinks it's a pitcher. It's not. Now you've given the pitcher so much control with all these other, these new pitching count and fielding and air, whatever. I'm, I, I, ugh, you know I'm disgusted. I'm, I'm going to say I, this. I, could, I, would know, I would know a batter, you know, like, oh, he's, he's leaning to the right. He's, his heel's hurting. You paid attention when you're back there. Again, situational awareness. Right. Well, then you, just, you, know, you know the tendencies of the ump. You know what he wants for the strike zone. Right. I'm going to tell you this. In closing, because my my wife has given me the stink eye and she showed me the razor. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm in, I'm in fear for my sake. Not wrong, I'm just fucking around. But um, in closing, I will say this. I, I, had the, I had the opportunity to be a catcher and play center field. And a lot of people don't understand in today's game. The center field is the captain of that outfield. He has the he has the most range. He has the biggest field of vision. He is the speedster in the outfield. What he he sees stuff that the left fielder and the right fielder will not see, and he can make those adjustments with you guys. Now the catcher is the captain of the entire field, and the catcher and the center fielder work in tandem. You know how many times when I made the move to center field and my cousin was behind the plate, me and him had signals to each other because we could see what the entire field was doing. Oh yeah. And so we knew, we knew how to communicate. So and this, you know, oh, pitch 
pitcher calling his own pitches. That No, that's ridiculous because a pitcher just wants to do what he wants to do. He's not taking into account what's going on. So you got to be able to run the F3. Then again, then this is why they're called field generals, whether they're quarterbacks, whether they're catchers, whether they're midfielders, whether they're centers. Yep. You have to know what you're doing in that venue, yep. in that arena. And you have to be aware of it at all times. And that's why they are the captains. Right. And, and without, without that, without somebody else that is going to help you, you know, and they're not, they're not just the captains because they're the captains because they might be the best one on the team. That's not the reason why. It's because they're general management. They're leaders. The entire team as a leader. Yeah. You know, so. everybody wants to look up to them, you know, uh, you're not just going to wear a C on your chest just because. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, and I think that's, that's it, something it, it, that, that's earned. designation you know? and a lot of people don't understand that. And, you know, it's, it's, you get that C designation in any sport based off of leadership ability. Now, a lot of times that translate to being something like a Jonathan Taves, better player on the team, but it's, it, it's, it's leadership. So. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say in closing. But you know, we'll 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 come back next week and and we'll discuss it. You know, it was fun. It was it was a good time, man. We'd like to like to thank our sponsors, uh, Denright Gutters and More in St. John, Indiana. You can find them on Facebook. Uh, you can also uh, find them in the uh, yellow pages section of your computer at two one nine three zero six six eight three nine. My Email is E-R-I-C-B-A-R-N-A-T at MSN.com. And with that, I am signing off. This that's, is your other shot of ginger. That's just, that, that was a nice pitch, man. That was good. Your, your, your mic skills are getting better. I got to, I got to, you know, I got to commend you on that. You know, Would you sign off? Let's go. <laughs> 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 Anyways. Uh, if you guys need some website designs, you need some computer graphics for your business or just for, you know, personal shit, you know, uh, you know, contact uh, the, the renderman at Sutter, S-U-T-T-E-R dot render at gmail.com. Or you can w- visit his website at www.bensutter.carbonmade.com. OK, they're based out of Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, great guy, great talent and great experience. Uh, if you got a question about the show, something like you guys like to uh have us talk about you can reach out to me at uh, bearded ginger at yahoo.com so but uh yeah man it's a good it's show a good, good show, show. it was very good i need to finish drinking the <laughs> dog took my bottle <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna tell you what i'm uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna give you I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you props man you only mentioned notre dame twice i think you mentioned michigan more than notre dame you know i didn't mention about michigan was um is the center uh, Dickinson from uh, the basketball team entered the transfer portal? Uh, yeah, yesterday. I, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. You're going to see that to start translating to other sports. It's so. everywhere: women's yeah. lacrosse, everything, yep. swimming. I seen somebody on the swim team from Speak, like Arizona. Well, okay, here's speaking of which, you know, right before I know we were supposed to sign off, but you know, but just for the show, do you know the only female sport that is not subsidized? by the male version of that sport? Oh. It's, well, it's got to be, I don't know. It's just, uh, oh. That's, uh, 
I, I, stop geez. stop thinking physical contact sports. I'm not. I was thinking like swimming. I was thinking like, well, no. it's kind of physical. No. Um, they, they have a professional version. The LPGA. Uh, it is the only female professional sport that is not subsidized by the male counterpart. Really? I, oh, yeah. I, I know that. I oh, you, you know watch, that. you, you go watch like the, the, the women's uh, masters and all that stuff in Augusta. Oh yeah. You know, so that's, that's great. Well, you know, and somebody, somebody did have, I just, just got an email. Just got an email. Let me. I'm, I don't know. Let me, let me check it real quick. Okay. Okay. This was from like three days ago. I just was looking. I have got another email. And I'm looking at this email. This email came in three days ago uh, for the podcast. Um, two shots of ginger. What sport is paid the most? And do you think that's fair? Uh, what sport is paid the most? Baseball. I don't. I don't believe it is. I believe it is the NBA. Then I would say you. You, you have to. You have to go look at the top earners for each sports. I believe I'll, baseball. I'm, I'm baseball go, has let's, the let's, top earners. Let's see. Sport with the highest paid average athletes. It's got to be baseball. According to World Sports Network, basketball is the highest paid sport really? in the world. With the average annual salary in the NBA in 2023 being nearly $10.5 million, this is more than double the average salary in the NFL, which sits in second place at $4.5 million. No. No. Yeah. Baseball's not even just... Wow. Yeah, okay. Well, there... And and listen, I had my opinion on it. You had your opinion on it. We GTS that. Uh, That is to go to Emily from... Rose, Roselle, is that Roselle, Roselle, Arizona? Roswell. Uh, it looks like Roselle. It's Roswell. Uh, thanks for listening, by the way, Emily. And uh, you have your question answered. I'm sure you could have GTS that yourself, but you wanted to hear it here on the podcast. So shout out to you. Thanks for uh, emailing. And I'm sorry I didn't see that email sooner. I, I, you know, I need to start paying attention to my emails. I'm a horrible person. Well, we need to have a segment of just answering emails for like fifteen minutes or so, and you know, it's if yeah. I'm being honest, it's only the third email. I've got. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that popular yet. Okay, shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right, uh, man, she's uh, she's coming at me with the yeah, she's trying to stab me. 